So, hi, this is uh, Odette Fair. Uh, this is Kevin J. O'Connor. And my name is Arnold Vosley. The Mummy. And you're about to see a massive close-up of my bald head, <laughs> which actually was, we weren't sure if we were going to go bald, because uh, factually it's correct that the priests had bald, uh, bald heads. I mean, they shaved their entire bodies, but when Steve cast me, I had hair, and he wasn't sure if he was going to go bald with me or not. But uh, So he said, let's get to uh, Morocco, and we'll shave your head, and we'll see if... Uh, have like some scars and bullet holes and stuff and if it looks all right we'll stay with the ball that otherwise they were going to wig me but it worked actually worked well for the character to to go with the bald head eh? it wasn't only your head though no no everything i had to shave my whole body eh? at this lovely lovely scottish um, makeup artist called jane walker that kindly shaved me every day I remember jane yeah. everywhere Keeper, Great makeup people dead. on that. Yeah. Aileen. Yeah. This is Patricia. Patricia Velasquez, who was literally cast days before we shot this. And I was panicked because, you know, I had so little time with her and we wanted to work on something that we could be comfortable with each other and have some sort of body language thing because we had so little dialogue. And it worked out really well because the actress that was originally cast uh, fell out for um, whatever reasons. And uh, we ended up getting Patricia and she, she was really great in this. I think everybody is, um, every 14-year-old boy remembers her. That, that whole hand thing that, that she just did there was something that we worked on. We wanted, we wanted something that we could repeat later in the movie, just before I wake her up. Um, so we worked on that kind of hand in front of the face thing. And then later in the film, when I wake up, I repeat the motion. This ancient Egyptian stuff was so tricky because we'd learned the stuff phonetically. It was, it was uh, put on tape for us by this guy called Dr. Stuart Smith, and and uh, we'd learn all this stuff phonetically. And and Steve Summers would come on set, and you know, a line like "open the door" in Egyptian would be like 16 words, and he would say, "No, no, no, use the second word. I like the sound of it, and use like the third last word." So you'd have all this stuff, you know, down phonetically and completely, <laughs> completely get screwed up, you know. Where did they get him from? He's an Egyptologist from UCLA. I think he did uh, uh, Stargate. You know, he's done all those I... kind of movies where they've had to, had people speak ancient languages and stuff. What is amazing is the, the effect that uh, Patricia had uh, with the short scene that she was in. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody remembered her. Sure, man. Her. Naked girl painted in gold. I mean, you got to remember that. I think she has competition. See, there, those. she did the hand thing again over my face, and we tried to put that in as much as we could, you know, in, in the shorter time that we, we had. Sorry, Kev, you were saying? Oh, I said she has some competition with those <clears throat> bald gold guys. <laughs> I don't know. I was staring at them. I, that's, I'm strange that way. Uh -huh. What's amazing about watching this is that Steve's script, I mean, the movie, when I watch the movie, it's like the script, you know. I, I haven't done that many a movie, but um, there's always the movie you read, the movie you shoot, and the movie you see. And this guy, man, Steve Summers, our writer-director on this, maybe because he's the writer-director, and I know Kevin worked with him on, on Deep Rising, he might be able to 
comment on that, but I swear the movie is like the script. It's like it's like you read it, you see it, you know, yes. which hardly ever happens in movies. I mean, Deep Rising was kind of similar in that. It's very much, yeah. He pr stuck to the script, you know, 95%. Right. This opening is great. Yeah. People have a real fascination with this ancient, uh, ancient Egyptian stuff, with ancient Egypt. I'm told by the Discovery, uh, yeah, the, the, the Discovery Channel, um, that their most popular documentaries are sharks and ancient Egypt. They have like the highest viewership when they do this, you know, mummies and tombs. Oh, they're on all the time. Yeah, yeah. tombs and... You do most of this in England, right? Yes. Yes. This is Oded's voiceover. This is Oded Fair doing the voiceover, which, which originally was written that I was supposed to do it, but then it was too weird that, like, I speak English and then Egyptian, so, so Steve decided to lose it. And, uh, and it works better that, that Oded does it because he's sort of the, the keeper of the faith, sure. or whatever it's called. He knows all this stuff. Mm -hmm. This was scary, man. This is where they, they entomb me. And bondage is not my thing. I know that for sure after having shot the scene because, uh, you know, they completely wrapped me up. And uh, oh. from head to toe, I couldn't move for about four hours. This scene here, they had me stand up and then they wrapped me up and uh, they put me in the coffin. And some people like being tied up, but I can assure you it's not my thing. It's, <laughs> it's not pleasant here. I mean, that was really me. And I still to this day, I don't know why they really needed me. Yeah. Could have been a 75-year-old Indian woman. It wouldn't have made a difference. Claustrophobic. Ah, it was horrible. Oh, it was horrible. I remember uh, when I was doing the narration for this. Yeah. I remember seeing the, this scene without uh, without the special effects on it. Yeah. So the guy's actually coming with uh, uh, this jug, and he pours about three plastic scarabs and it looked so disappointing <laughs> and you think this is never going to work yeah. and only afterwards when we saw what ILM did that's amazing oh that shot is great yeah. pretty much all the interiors right were in London mm -hmm. Shepperton Studios in London I love that old studio it's such a history ah oh, it's great we shot uh, in the sequel, we shot uh, a few days on um, at Pinewood, which I didn't like as much as Shepperton. That's great. This was all Morocco. Yes. Was that a volcano? Yes, an ancient volcano that had been turned into a, a, a fort, I don't know, 200 years ago or something, I can't remember. Yeah, all that was there, I think, originally was just that one wall that we just saw. Right. And then the whole city was built. I think it, it took them like six months to build this whole ancient city before we arrived. And when we arrived, it was so amazing to see it when you walk in at the first time. There he is. Uh, what do those tattoos mean on your face? Uh, we tried to make them mean... Uh, as much as we could to make the main uh, a strength, uh, a warrior for God and so on. But uh, I can't promise you that they're exact, uh, that they have the exact meaning. 
happy on this one, right? Oh, your strength gives me strength. There's I a, love it. There's my John Waters mustache. <laughs> yeah. I think you should keep that stash. It's <laughs> definitely pull chicks. Steve loved this run. <laughs> <laughs> Touch of Richard Simmons in there. <laughs> Courage under fire. I can't remember how many actual horsemen were coming at us. Uh, and then they CGI'd hundreds Oh, really? More. A lot of those? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't see, I didn't even know that, eh? There were maybe a hundred or maybe more, but... And the rest all computer? Right, not the thousands that it appears to be. This set is actually the set uh, that was uh, very close to a little village called Erfoud in Morocco, right. which uh, consisted of uh, maybe two hotels and... <laughs> And well, that's practically hotel, it. Hotel is like a yeah, is a kind term. Yeah, somewhere to stay. And those hotels look like they'd been dropped out of the clouds. Nothing else around except yeah. these yeah. huge hotels. It was bizarre. We were lucky though, because this was right before um, the summer, and still it was brutal. Yeah. Kev, did you and Brendan talk about like, like, did you guys have like a, like a history or a relationship before this or something? Yeah, we had a, a, a small scene right before our introduction that they had cut out. Um, they wanted to get to the action quicker. That explained that I was this thief and where Brendan had come from and right, right. why he joined the Legion. And, but it, it wasn't really necessary, and that's a much better way to introduce Brendan. Right. I think it slowed things down. Yeah. And I mean, the very fact that you just did what you did there explains yeah. what you're about since. I love, the, I love this fight sequence, all the, the stunts in it and so on. It's, it's so impressive. Because it's so, I know how difficult it is to do everything yeah. you're doing with the horses, to control the horses, to be able to take them in the right places, get them to react now. All of the horses are reacting at once. That was so difficult, as far as I remember. I remember to the that. the sun guys, yeah. There, right there. Because hmm. there was nothing actually to scare them. They had to just get them all to react at the same time. But the horses are geniuses compared to the camels. <laughs> 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 Which, uh... No question, eh? Oh, you gotta, you gotta tell the story of how uh, you guys were riding and Brendan's camel toppled over. Oh, jeez. I did not like my camel, but my, my camel did not like me either, even more. <laughs> it was mutually. Yes. You, you were added to this later, right, this scene? Um, yeah, this scene, they actually used the scene twice, once in daylight, once in, at night. They used uh, the actual same scene. I think maybe two different takes of it, but they used the same scene because it wasn't clear exactly who uh, my people were and, right. and so on, so they reused it. But you can see our men are on top of this great, incredible 
uh, cliff. And I remember driving to work one day and I see these dark horses on the cliff and I'm thinking, my God, this is great. The view from up there must be incredible. I'm, I was so excited to go up there. And then uh, we got dressed, makeup and all the rest of it. And they take me to this little, tiny little hill. Six they, feet. <laughs> six feet, yeah. And that's what they use, you know. They go with a crane, they come up, and so they create the illusion. They have a, you know, a wide shot, and then they come into the close-up on this tiny little... Oh, uh, it was so funny. <laughs> they cannot risk the actors ever. Tuthmosis. We had two full units. I mean, a first and a second unit on this movie, and... Working constantly. Working constantly, yeah. Picking up... Like that long shot, I'm sure, of the horses. And over the mm. shoulder of you guys looking at Brendan, I'm sure that was second unit. Mm. Rachel is so great. I love the ease in which she creates all these moments. Rachel has the best eyes. Love her eyes. Thank God this was one take. Oh, right? I'll never forget. Steve <laughs> was so happy when they finally got that. Jeez. Oops. What? I think they used uh, the effect of having the stunt person jump off. Right. And then the actual actor getting up, lifts up a few times in this movie. I, I, there's, I do a, it. there's a scene Are you further on with yeah. you. <laughs> I love that. That's a fantastic scene. It's frightening because the stunt person does this incredible thing, and you don't. All you have to do is stand up, and you don't want to screw it up. You have to like run into a wall or something, right? And then I think it's when stand I up. jump out of the window. Oh, that's what it I was. Mean, when I don't jump out of the window, when the stunt person jumps out of the window. Right. Well, you, you put up with me because, um, because I can I can read and write ancient Egyptian, and I can I can decipher hieroglyphics and heretic. And what, this was this was Eric, right, Nari? Yeah. I put up with you because your father and mother were our finest patrons. That's why. Allah rest their souls. I don't care how you do it. One thing that I have to point out about this movie is that this was my, my first job, really, my first big job, and I never knew how things are on the set. And for me, I took, took it for granted that this is how it is, always. But my God, we had some really nice people on that movie. Hello? I mean, everybody gone on so well. And Eric Avari and Rachel and John Hanna and everybody, everybody was just great. We didn't have like Bernard Fox. Bernard Fox. Yeah, it was a nice set. And the crew as well. You know, oh. everybody is like the best at their game, and it just makes such a difference. People yeah. always ask me, "Is it tough, you know, to do like a big movie like this?" And I always say, "It's to me, it's easier doing a a, a big movie like this than some little two million dollar movie that you're shooting under the gun in like ten days or something." Mm -hmm. Because you know you you're watching the focus puller fall asleep while you're doing a scene, you know, because the guys are not they're just not the best guys, you know, because all the best guys work on the mm. the big money stuff. It has a lot to do with Steve, I think, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like a director that's a leader, you know. I don't like a director that comes in the morning and says, "Well, what are we going to do today?" You know, that breaks my speed. I like a director to be a leader, especially on a movie like this, which is 
which is really about the camera and the selection of the shots and telling the story with all these little movements and everything. And, and uh, it's, it's, you just feel like you're in, in good hands, always. And with Steve, that energy is, his yeah. energy is amazing. He's like a 10-year-old boy after a six-pack of Pepsi. You know, it's, yeah, it's always yeah. up and excited. And yeah, what's that one with all the caffeine in? Mountain Dew. Yeah. That's him. He's on it's never the negative. He's on, he's on the Dew. What was amazing is that we used to work like 10 hours, 12 hours in the desert, in the heat, and everybody was exhausted. And Steve never sat down, ever. Oh, I know. So at the end of the day, when it's, you know, six, seven o'clock in the evening and everybody's so dead tired, you cannot sit if the director is running around sure. and he's all energized and he's still happy and he's still friendly and he's, he's so concentrated. It really lifted everybody's spirit, I think. I want to dig down in uh, Thebes my whole life. I've never John Hanna, so great. He was, <laughs> since he had to be the comedian in this, he was just the comedian the whole way through everything while we were shooting and while we were not shooting, and he was just so funny. It was great to work with. He was, I remember him telling me that he was a little, uh, not worried about the project, but you know, John Hanna's Scottish, and uh, he had to do this English accent and, and sort of play this fop, for want of another word. And, and in England, he's sort of known as quite the, you know, quite the ladies' man. He's kind of, he always plays, Leading man, leading man, you know, sure. and, and the kind of romantic uh, guy and stuff. So he, he was, and he did this great. He really threw himself into it, and, and it worked really well. Which is a big part of his personality. Is this sort of ease and yeah. Because I know all the silly blather about the city being protected by the curse of a mummy nonsense, but my research has led me to believe that the city itself may have actually existed. Are we talking about the Hamanoptera? Yes, the city of the dead where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Yes, yes, and a, and a, and a big underground... Look at those sets, man. Everything is just so great. Oh, everybody knows the story. The entire necropolis was rigged to save I remember I brought my mother to the set, and I, I just brought her into one of the sets, and no one was working on it. She looked around, she said, Oh, this movie is great. <laughs> I said, Well, you haven't seen the movie yet, but yeah. this particular set is... Yeah. No, everything, all the props, all the detail, was really wonderful. Such a comfort level when you work with these people. Foolish pursuit of Hamanoptera. No one's ever found it. Most have never returned. Come, come, step over the threshold. <laughs> Welcome to Cairo prison. Omid Jalili. He is a stand-up comedian in England. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, by now he's done quite a few movies, and he is so... Funny. Very funny. He guy. never stopped. He never stopped. During the whole time we were there, he told us jokes after jokes. He was so great. And he's so perfect in this part. This was some of the first stuff, I think, that was shot. You're right. I think this was the, yeah. the first week when the we were in Morocco. Week, that's right. When we shot this, when they were choking old Brendan. It's not the first day. Yeah, I think Possibly. you're right. All this prison stuff. Who are you? Yeah, who's the broad? Broad. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm just local sort of. Didn't they have some concern with his hair being long at the beginning of this, or something? Or am I? I remember something like that. I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember. I'll be back in a moment. Ask him about. Because of the time, time lapse. Right. Hello, excuse me. 
there was some issue with his hair. I can't remember what it was. This was actually shot in Marrakesh. Yes, when we arrived, when we arrived, I remember um, everything was relatively, you know, the hotel was relatively comfortable. Marrakesh was very interesting. Uh, we actually had quite a quite a good time. Um, yeah, we had a good you know. time in Marrakesh. If only we knew, we would have enjoyed it more, you know, if we knew what Yeah, we exactly. Yeah, I, remember, I remember on the last day of Marrakesh, we were all going, oh, yeah, we can't wait to, to move on, you know, and to go to a new place. And then when we arrived in our food, there was this silence. Yeah. Yes. We were all shocked. Of, of, I never of, thought I'd miss Marrakesh. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Exactly. And man, everybody got sick in Marrakesh in Morocco. Everybody was sick. I think. Oh, I think God. Steve was. Uh, Steve Summers was one of the only ones who I, wasn't. Really. I was one of the only ones that did not get sick. I did got sick in sick? London, oh, my which God. actually I got sick from someone who had been sick in Morocco, and it stayed with uh, one yeah. of the costume right. people right. for months. These parasites. Yeah. <laughs> People saying, don't drink the water, and then I'd see uh, someone with a big glass filled with ice. <laughs> and it's, yeah. But you get to a point where you Do you know how ice think... is made? It's interesting. It's yeah. actually made from water. What was this? Was this an old school? Does anybody know? I think it was an old, was it an old army barracks or school? I think it was, it was actually, this is, a, this is a kind of uh, apartment building. Because the gates was... were not there. They put the gates on. The gates is a part of the set. And uh, oh, all the like bars on it, all the bars and everything. That's it's all wood. a part of a set. It's just, it's just as far as I remember. If am, am I wrong? You, you'd walk off a street, and it, these little stores were right yeah. next to it. It was very strange, and you'd walk into this big. It was wild. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah some of those street scenes. But I think uh, courtyards is something that is very much uh, in the the architecture in Morocco. You you get a lot of courtyards heat, yeah. because of the heat. You you supposedly get the the shade and. Uh, it's a bit cooler. Yeah, the house is designed to look in as opposed to out. Yeah. I love the way that they're arguing now, and she haggles with him. And uh, I love that scene. It's just so this funny. This is where Brendan got choked for real, wasn't yeah. it? Remember, yeah. he was like, he passed out or something. I think that's where he, exactly, like a minute later, he passed out. That must have been a scare, hey, your leading man on the first day, <laughs> choke him out. <laughs> That's got to make the insurance guys nervous. Yeah, but he he's so great about it. You know, he just gets up and continues working, doesn't he? He never, yeah. he never made a fuss. It was a scare, though, I remember that. Look at those eyes. Now that, this one was actually shot Back in England, yes. wasn't it? Where were we? I think it was somewhere on the Thames, and I think uh, it was just uh, this so short sequence of them getting up on the boat. Um, and obviously afterwards, ILM sort of created the whole image of, of uh, Egypt and the Niles. Smashing Dave the start of an adventure, eh, O'Connor? Yeah, yeah, smashing. Oh, no, no, I never steal from a partner. <laughs> that reminds me, no hard feelings about the, uh... Oh, no, no. There's so much work that goes into this. I mean, we just show up and hit the mark and say the lines, but if you look at the background, you know, everybody's costumed and every prop is 
correct from the period. I mean, it might be a fake, but it certainly is is correct, and it's just so much work always that goes into these things. Those costumes were amazing. Ah, oh, they were great. The detail. They were really John great. Bloomfield designed the yeah, costumes. Uh, Top great. man. I mean, look at all the extras in the background, all those leather suitcases. Yes, yes, you're right. Filthy, rude, complete. I'm not sure if that's part of the reason that we shot in England as opposed to here. I still to this day don't know why we shot there, if, meaning if the English crew you know, would have had a better kind of grip or understanding of the period, or if it just, you know, had to do with the money. I'm not sure why. In fact, I've got to ask Steve. Now, these are supposedly my men. Uh, they're magis, and the idea is that they're trying to stop anybody who's uh, on his way to Hamanapter, anybody who's trying to get to the old city. And uh, I'm not sure whether that was clear or not. I know that Steve had a bit of a problem with it. There used to be a scene where you'd see them cahooting with uh, Eric Avari, uh, which was supposed to explain it a bit better. But right, right. at the end of the day, it never, uh, the question never rose in people's minds too much. And uh, I think uh, it works. What makes you so confident, sir? Jonathan Hyde. Johnny Hyde. Man has actually been there. Oh, what a coincidence! Because Steve Dunham. Whose play is it? Is it? Is it my play? I thought I just. Corey, have they cut to Corey? They have cut to Corey, haven't they? Yeah. All these actors were great. This was all interior inside a studio, if I recall. In London. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was an amazing set. That was amazing. What is that thing? Four feet deep. I think so, yeah. And the whole thing was flooded, right? It was amazing. You walk into that soundstage and you see a huge part of a boat in the middle of this water. It was absolutely amazing. If you call that a kiss. Um, did I miss something? Are we, are we going into battle? Lady, there's something out there. Something underneath that sand. Yes, well... I'm hoping to find a certain artifact. A book, actually. My brother thinks this actually was one of the last days of shooting this scene. And word? Evil. The Bedouin and the Tuaregs believe that Hamanoptera is cursed. Oh, look, I don't believe in, in fairy tales and hokum, Mr. O'Connell, but I, I do believe that one of the most famous books in history is buried out there, the Book of Amun-Ra. It contains within it all the secret incantations of the Old Kingdom. It's what first interested me in Egypt when I was a child. It, it's why I came here, sort of a, a life's pursuit. And the fact that they say that it's made out of pure gold makes no never mind to you, right? You know your history. I know my treasure. Um, by the way, why did you kiss me? <laughs> no, I was about to be hanged. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh. What? What'd I say? Oh. I remember the guy they had that brought the uh, all the guns and everything on the set. Oh, the armory, yeah? He was so into these guns. Really? <laughs> all these weapons. I was nervous to be around the guy. I think I'll kill you. <laughs> think of my children. You don't have any children. Now, did you ad-lib this? Think of my children and all that? Because there's some lines that you did in this movie right. which are, like, my favorite. Every time I see it, they're, like, I laugh. Steve, um, I think, came up with this last minute. 
my children. Brandon's so great to <laughs> play off of. You never believed in Hamanatro come. And it's funny, people. I've talked to some, uh, usually kids that have seen the movie, and most of them have. They always think I'm smaller than I am. Hmm. And it's because I'm. I, one of the reasons is I think I'm around Brendan and Arnold. Yeah. Mm. We're both tall men, and uh, somehow I look a foot shorter. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm such a weasel. That <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. I remember when reading the script at first, it said that my character, uh, Ardeth Bay, was this big, huge man who's sort of bigger than Brennan. There's a scene where I hold him back, and you know, and I'm thinking, when I met Brendan, I was thinking, my God, what was he thinking? Brendan is taller than I am. How tall and is he? Six three. I think he's six, six three or four. Something. Yeah. yeah. And he big. is so strong and big, and and uh, I mean, I think that's why, I think that's why John Bloomfield, when he met me, he sort of went, okay, we put high heels on the guy, you know, a big dress and a big, big, you know, hat, you know, make him look taller. So and it worked. It worked. <laughs> God, you can't get a vis more vicious-looking man than this guy. Look at that guy. Had a great face. Yeah. I think Steve had them shoot enough bullets in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> the map, the map. I forgot the map. Relax. Oh. I'm the map. It's all up here. Oh. The key. shots of uh, burning up the set are so difficult because to set it back up again would take either a day sometimes or take so long. So you always have to sort of try and get them like in a, in a one take. And there's so much pressure always to, to, to make sure that you're not the one who does the mistake, you know, because otherwise it's just going to cost so much money, it's going to take so long to put the movie back. Right. And, uh, is this all on soundstage? This, this I think, is all still on the soundstage. Yeah. I close for it. I think we never really had, we never really had too many problems on this on this one. The 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 stunt guys were so amazing. Now it's coming up. One of my favorite jokes in the movie again. This time with the mid Jalili. Oh yeah, this is a good one. Right here, I'll go get help. I love his face. If I'm, if I remember correctly, that was an ad lib sort of moment that he sort of uh, spoke to Steve about, and they just sort of put it in. 
Steve's great that way in that he, you know, he allows you, even within all this money being spent around you, it allows you to try something different. And yeah. if it works, it's in the movie, and if it doesn't, he'll cut it, you know? He's always open to suggestions, yeah. Bloody good show, chaps! And did I panic? I think not. Now this is from moving from the sound stage to to the real deal. Where was that? That was also in England. It was was in it another England? Thames or something? It's some park. I can't remember. Oh. Black Park or something. Something like that. Yeah. God, it was cold. We've lost everything. All of our tools, all the equipment, all my clothes. <laughs> I love that. I remember Steve uh, gave Brendan and I the direction that we were, <laughs> when we do those little yells back and forth at each other, that we were like two 12-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> so it has that sing song, I tell you. I only want four, four, I only want four of the bloody Oh, here are those camels, my favorite. Mm. <laughs> For heaven's sake! Can't believe the price of these flea bags. Yes, happy. Very good. You probably could have got him for free. All we had to do is give him your sister. Yes. Awfully tempting, wasn't it? Remember, did, you went through the training of riding horses and all that? Yeah, I, uh, on this one, uh, when we arrived in Morocco, we did a lot of riding. I did some riding before that as well in England. Uh, but uh, on this on this movie, on the first one, I didn't actually get to do that much riding. I remember uh, there's a scene that will come up uh, a bit later on, which was especially embarrassing for me. Um, but uh, we did do a lot of practice, which was so much fun because uh, there's something about riding in the desert, I think. Riding a horse in the desert, and a lot of the time you're just two people just riding in this open, vast space. And uh, it was really, really fantastic. But thank God I didn't have to, I wasn't meant to be riding a camel, so I didn't have to really practice it too much. Uh, you didn't miss much. No, I, didn't, I, I understand I didn't, yeah. I started in a, America, I went to a trainer, and they had me ride a horse. And I think the idea was that I learn how to ride a horse and then I graduate to camels. But yeah. I wish I had never went on the horse because I missed being on the horse so much after being on the camel. Because the camel is just... It's completely different. You can, you can sense that you're not controlling the camel at all. <laughs> the funny thing is that the camels are... They're more, supposedly they're more intellectual than horses. And that's the point. The camels actually remember that they don't like doing this. You know, they right. sort of. So you come near them, and they immediately they have this attitude. And right. They're, they're like actors. <laughs> <laughs> now this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is the same scene as we saw earlier. Uh, and I say, in Egypt, 
In Egyptian, sorry, I say exactly the same thing as I said earlier, only the subtitles are different, which is, which is terrible on one hand uh, that we're actually using the same thing. But uh, it just we needed. I think Steve needed something to um, explain a bit better right. what is going on and what is happening. Uh, I think uh, we tried to learn from our mistakes in the first one and, and make. Uh, everything on the second one as authentic as possible. Uh, but I must say here, we literally came up with things sometimes that Steve would just say, you know what, that doesn't sound right. What about, uh, what about this word? And he would just say something and it has absolutely no meaning whatsoever, but we made it, you know, have a meaning. Um, obviously the fact that I'm from Israel made it easier for me to make uh, the accent because I grew up around it uh, right. more. How was that? How was doing that? Oh, this was impossible. Race. This little thing right here, I could not get my camel to stop on the right spot. It would just keep walking or looking at a fly. It would follow a fly over, <laughs> and I'm trying to perform. It didn't care. Nice <laughs> camel. Get ready for it. I think Steve and I added that nice camel yeah. line, which sounds like some 50s, uh, you know, motorcycle movie. Nice bike, man. <laughs> Works for me. Now, I love, I love uh, when you guys start the race. I love looking at um, Jonathan Hyde because you can see the actual surprise of his little donkey. Oh, his donkey. Picking up and running. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he was so, right right here, here he comes. Look at him. Whoa! <laughs> Jumped and he's... <laughs> this was so frightening. Oh, this must be... Because we, when we, we started the race, all this space we had, but as we went past the camera, th there wasn't a whole lot of room between the trucks. So we had a sort of bottle into this thing, and I already was terrified. Are these, were you on a vehicle here? We were on a vehicle up, and it was so hot, I remember both Brendan and I foaming at the mouth because it was so, so hot. <laughs> My little Daffy Duck. <laughs> Brendan was very good on that camel. Didn't you say that uh, you you guys, when you were practicing, there was this point where Brendan's camel just sort of collapsed under him? Oh, that's what scared me more than... M mine would stumble once in a while. Mine was probably drunk, I don't know. But his actually fell, and Brendan sort of jumped over the neck of it and got back on, and I was more terrified than he was. And I, it wasn't me, but it was scary. I remember when we first uh, started riding the horses, Steve, Steve Dunham's horse was called Crash. Yes. Which uh, was very disturbing for him. <laughs> a horse named Crash uh, that doesn't fill you with confidence. You said so wonderful. Yeah. We spent quite a long time in that set. Yeah. A few weeks. Do they know something we don't? They're led by a woman. So you're saying that that wall back there was the original wall, right? That's, that's the real wall, the yeah. one yeah. behind Jonathan Hyde. Yeah. Wow. 
According to Bembridge scholars, that's where we'll find a secret compartment containing the gold. And these set pieces that the art department added were just incredible. You know, these half buried statues and things. And then you go and you, you can't believe it's not real and you you knock on them and you hear this hollow sound of fiberglass. Here, this is for we had a party at one point at the British Museum. I think one of the big wigs from LA came out, and um, it was sort of a cocktail party in the British Museum with with the real, you know, authentic uh, Egyptian artifacts lying around, and some in display cases, and others, you know, made of stone that were just standing there. And, and I remember thinking, because I'd been on the set so much at that point, and I remember thinking. Man, our stuff looks better than this stuff. <laughs> you know, this is like thousands of years. Here, there's a bit to be nitpicking. There's a there's a a cut here that always disturbed me. She makes she puts the light on, and then they start walking, and Omid is in the background, and he's lifting up his things. He's lifting up his equipment. Here he is mm -hmm. lifting it up, and then you cut, and he's again walking to lift it up again. Yeah. Boy. You've watched this movie. Oh, I tell you, that always bothered me. And here we're back in the set. Uh, now it'll bother Bob that you know. <laughs> we're back in Shepparton, and I remember uh, this was always a problem, running around with those flambeaux inside those little corridors. And uh, one day, uh, John, uh, John Hanna, was, uh, he had uh, this flambeau, and Brendan, him, and myself were running down the corridor. And uh, they shout, cut, cut. And uh, all of a sudden, John Hanna's like caressing the back of my hair. And I turn around, he's just smiling at me, like, oh, nothing happened, no, no, nothing. And I can smell this sort of strange. <laughs> he just burned a little bit of my hair. <laughs> he didn't mean to do it, but it's just so difficult to, to control that flambeau in those little spaces. Peewee little gun, John Hanna with his peewee little gun. You scared the bejesus out of us, O'Connell. Likewise. Hey, that's my toolkit. No, I don't think so. But, okay, perhaps I was mistaken. Well, have a nice day. Steve was very particular with this scene. You know, he wanted the timing of all these guns to go up. <laughs> this here's our statue, friend. I don't see your name written on it, pal. Yes. Steve gets that way with guns. Mm -mm. There is so much... Uh, he didn't care about my mustache, but the, gun, <laughs> yeah. the guns had to be perfect. Get the timing. There is so much to the technical side of, of, of shooting these movies that you... It's so difficult to see it sometimes when you're, when you're filming because you, you're thinking about the, the acting, about what, what you know what the, 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 the character's going through and all the rest of it, and there's a lot of technical things, like putting up the guns at the same time, which you sometimes cannot understand how important it is, but then sure. when you, once you see it, you go, oh my God, of course, that's, it just looks so much better. Are you sure we can find the secret compartment thing? Oh, yes, those beastly Americans haven't beaten us to it. No offense. Not taken. Hey, where'd our smelly little friend get, huh? 
This is great when the um, the tomb falls down. Timing yeah. is perfect. Everywhere I go, people ask me about these bugs. Oh, I know. What have we here? They made such an impression on the audience, you know, they really did. And when you read the script, it, you know, you never thought about them that much. No, they were, it was no. like a non-issue. Right, it was one of the special effects of the movie. Yeah, but, but boy, did it work. I mean, people just remember it. <laughs> Let's get us some treasure. I'm sure that's something he put in. Had lived. Oh, oh, I'm sure. Definitely. I think perhaps we should let the diggers open it. Hmm? Oh, I think we should listen to the good Dr. Henderson. Yeah, sure. What were you eating there? See, I always try to throw in a little eating. <laughs> See, because I, I watch movies where there, at times the whole movie, no one eats. So <laughs> at least I had some raisins or something, some little... Some little peanuts or something. Benny had in his back pocket. That's funny. You're like the thinnest guy in the movie, but you're the only one that eats. <laughs> this shot is great. Oh, it's fantastic. And then they take out your heart as well. Oh, and you know how they took out your brains? Evie, I don't think we need to know this. They take a sharp, red-hot poker, stick it up your nose, scramble things about a bit, and then rip it all out through your nostrils. Well, that's gonna hurt. It's called mummification. You'll be dead when they do this. For the record, if I don't make it out of here, don't put me down for mummification. Likewise. Genius. Is that in the script? That he was swinging the tool like a golf club. I can't remember, I remember it being that. in there. I can't remember it being in there, but um, I think it was. I think it was. Was it? Mm-hmm. He must have been someone of great importance. Oh, he did something very naughty. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I gotta tell you the story uh, about one of the takes in this scene. Um, obviously, there was no scarab there or anything, and he had to uh, make it all up uh, or, or sort of um, react to nothing. React to nothing. Um, and I remember uh, he came back one day after they shot this, and he's telling us uh, that he's going through it and he's getting all concentrated about everything, and he starts screaming, and then he starts tearing his shirt off because this this thing is crawling up, and he's tearing the shirt off like he does here, and he's like looking up and he's screaming. And all of a sudden, he could hear uh, over his screaming. He could hear sort of like cut, um, cut, and <laughs> he, he doesn't understand why they're stopping. And he sort of looks around, and everybody's just sort of quite embarrassed. You know, nobody's looking at him. And uh, he looks down, and his trousers <laughs> came off. He was tearing his clothes apart, and his Omid's trousers fell off. So he's standing there naked in front of everybody. <laughs> and they just sort of went cut, um, cut. Sure wasn't getting out. Okay. Yeah, that would have gotten us a G rating. It would work in the opposite way, I don't know. A key, a key. Now, that's what he was talking about. Who, who was talking about what? what the man, the, the man on the barge, the one with the hook. He was, he was looking for a key. Hey, that's mine. I think what always amazes, amazes Steve is how this guy was so funny 
that even at his death, he got a laugh. Yes. Bam. <laughs> That's great. And everybody, everybody always laughed at that scene. What do you suppose killed him? Did you ever see him eat? Seems that our American friends had a little misfortune of their own today. Three of their diggers were, uh... I remember on this set, which was in their food in the volcano setting, I had to walk into the tomb, and um, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll start with Kevin closing the door. It was an earlier shot. And I walk in there. Was it, no, it was at night. I can't remember what we were doing. But um, they were trying to tell me, no, not yet. Don't go in the tomb yet. And I said, no, no, it's fine. I'll, let me, I'll prepare myself. You know? <laughs> and they said, no, no, you have to go in there with the snake wrangler. He, he checks to make sure there are no bugs or snakes. Oh, my God, I never right. moved faster in my life. <laughs> I think I was on Steve Summers' lap after they told me that. I remember that that's true. And every once in a while, one of these guys who were like professional snake catchers or whatever from Morocco, they would show up with this plastic water bottle that had a snake in it that they just caught or a scorpion of some kind. And oh. I saw this black rubber cable that was by my feet. And I put both hands up, I swear to you, and I pointed down that there might be something down there. And one of the crew guys said, no, no, that's our cable. It's okay. This was great. This was um, this whole battle sequence was a huge, huge uh, undertaking because they were burning the the tents down, and there were all these people shooting and all the rest of it. And every time the setup took like 45 minutes between each take. Now, I wasn't involved here at all, even though these are all my men supposedly. And this shot here, when where you join John Hanna. This is a great, great, great I spit in John, John Hanna's face. I spat into his face about <laughs> nine times, and he was so great about it. You see, this is this is supposedly my character riding the horse, That's and it's right. a stunt guy. And I, I, I even, I haven't even seen them shoot this. It's only later on when we were doing uh, the looping for it, the ADR for it, that I sort of went, oh, wow, that's cool. That looks good. <laughs> How many cameras did you guys have on all this fight sequences? I think they had something... Uh, three? Yeah, three or four while everything was burning and all the, the, the horses were riding and so on. But uh, most of the time we used to do it. Now, this is so embarrassing. This scene is, is, uh, was terrible because I practiced all the horse riding and I was ready to ride and all the rest of it. And then what happens here is... I talk to Brendan, I turn around, they go cut, they bring the stun guy in, he jumps on the horse real heroically like, and then they cut back again, and they bring boxes. They put boxes up, there's a stun guy holding my horse for me, and they literally got me standing on these boxes, my one leg in the air and going, action! And I sit down on the horse, I say my line, I turn the horse around, cut, I bring the stun guy back in, and he rides off, you know? And it was so... Oh, it was just so funny, but it looks fantastic, and everybody thinks I wrote it. You know, uh, maybe just I just ruined it, didn't I? Yeah, yes, you shouldn't have told anybody. Not anymore. <laughs> I don't know why you did that. Not anymore. Oh, it's okay. In the second movie, I do a lot more writing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this scene, uh, Rachel and Brendan. We're so worried about the fact that they have to do drunk acting, which is so difficult to do. And, uh, but it all worked out really, really well. And unlike your brother, miss, you, I just don't get. 
Ah. I know. You're wondering, what is a place like me doing in a girl like this? Yeah, something like that. Oh, Egypt is in my blood. You see, my, my father was a very, very famous explorer. And he loved Egypt so much, he married my mother, who was an Egyptian and quite an adventurer herself. Mm. Mm. I get your father and I get your mother. And uh, I get him, but what are you doing here? Oh, look, I, I may not be an explorer or, or an adventurer or a treasure seeker or a gunfighter, Mr. O'Connell, but I am proud of what I am. And what is that? I am a librarian. about time librarians got their due. Mm. I've been waiting for a major film to come out <laughs> to have a line like that in it. Second unit. Yeah, second unit is, um, the idea of second unit is that it's a, a unit by itself that has a director, a uh, director of photography, the cameraman. It's almost like another whole unit that could do a film on its own. And the idea with second unit is for them to uh, fill in the blanks, do the shots that uh, would be uh, uh, a bit of a waste of time for first unit to deal with. Otherwise. If first unit had to shoot everything, uh, the movie would have lasted a lot longer. The, the, the shooting of the movie would have lasted a lot longer. So they used second unit to um, do all the connecting shots and things like that. Um, and uh, uh, Greg, uh, who was the second unit director, did uh, a fantastic job. It's a very difficult job because you have to, you have to sort of subvert your own creativity in a weird way and, and really you know follow the follow the director although you're the director of second unit you have to get exactly what the, the first unit director wants you to get it's really tough actually right. you have to be a certain kind of person I think to to be good at that and to match up with what's already been done yeah, yeah. it's difficult very difficult job and in so doing he will regenerate and, no and I believe they've known each other a long time, Steve Summers and the... Yeah, the they've been together oh, since film school. school. Yeah. Right. Which makes sense. I mean, to, to, to really know each other probably helps. Yeah. I think Steve is very much like that. He, he loves uh, working with the same people again. Whatever worked before, he would really do everything he can to have the same people work with him. And uh, I tell you that I... Uh, would work with him anytime. He is such an incredible director and such a great guy. Arnold Vosloo. 
There you go. <laughs> the better version of me. Never seen a mummy look like this before. He's, he's still, still juicy. juicy. Yes, he, he must be more than three thousand. Now, as long as that, the, as long as the, the doll doesn't move. It's a, it's a doll. It's not real. It's not. Yes. Uh, sorry, sorry. It's not uh, special effects. It's not, it's not computer ILM. graphic. No. But once they did the computer graphics, they used you mm -hmm. for all the movements, didn't they? So you were acting out the scene. Uh, and doing everything, and then they build this this creature around you, didn't they? We shot we shot what the two different takes or plates or whatever you want to call it, and we'll see it coming up in a bit. But um, I would walk through it for the other actors, and and then I would literally leave the scene, and and they'd shoot it immediately again without me, with everybody reacting to nothing. I've, I did it with you. Kevin did that with me a few times. A couple of times, yeah. Yeah, it's very tough because it's, you know, it's that sort of theatrical, like imaginary fourth wall. I mean, there's just nothing there, and you have to sometimes remember all the moves that I did, and it's very tricky. And an ILM had me where <laughs> I think what amounted to like a, you know, like a glorified G-string. It was like a speedo kind of thing. Well, now we're on to something. To this day, there's still no reason or explanation for why I had to wear it, you know. They said, oh, that to see how my body moved. Well, you know, there's a there's body movement and then there's like <laughs> body movement, you know. How much do you want to see? So I was teased mercilessly by, by everybody. I'm just sort of jealous ILM didn't want me to wear that. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a little... Uh, we're all thankful for it. I remember you saying things like that. I, I do. Dry that fell out, you might be able to sell him for firewood. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I found. You're in her seat. Now. Yep. That book also weighed a ton. I don't know if any of you ever got to carry it at some point, but man, that thing was horrible it up because it, was. it weighed so much. Unfortunately for our friend, he was still alive when they started eating him. Kevin, I, I, I love all the little subtle jokes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That I many times I'm not sure people get them or not, but I you know like when uh, Brendan goes like move and you just oh yeah okay and you just sort of whistle away, or when you're running in this is one joke that I'm the I think the only one in this world that got it is when you're running around the corner inside once the mummy is brought back to life you're running around the corner, and you've got this jacket on your arm and you're going leave me leave me and you're trying to throw it off. You know, I don't think anybody ever got that. I was that. trying to uh, think of another, instead of, you know, get off or whatever, I thought I would say, leave me. <laughs> it was just so, so stupid. Brilliant. I love that. that it's great. so brilliant. Oh, you must not read from the book. Poor Jonathan Hyde with this... Uh... This soon where he gets covered with... Yeah, he's got all those oh. uh, locusts, right? I mean, that was the real deal. Those went oh, CG. Oh, you can tell, yeah. Yeah, those went CG. Yeah, they had, I think, they had a few rubber ones, but only a few, and they literally toppled a whole bucket full of them off, over his head. And I, I remember because I sat and watched that scene being shot, and he... Was he freaked out by it? He was... Well, he handled it, I thought. He did it really well. I mean, but you could see that he's so... That everything inside of him is feels like, you know, his insides are crawling, and all he wants is to, you know... But it, it came out really well. Book of the Dead 
you sure you want to be playing around with this thing? It's just a book. No harm. I think this movie was unusual as well in the sense, Pretty although it was book. sort of action-adventure, Indiana Jones-like. I think what was great about it is that, that Rachel's character really is the lead, you know, and not Brendan. She's the one that has all this exposition. She's the smart one. She's the one that makes everything happen, and he's sort of just the muscle, you know, with all respect to Brendan. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's really the, the kind of brains that behind the whole thing that drives the whole thing, and obviously that's comes from Steve. I know she had great difficulty with it, but she did a fantastic job. It came out really great. Steve Summers has a very, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, a very, a very bright, forceful little girl. And I'm sure she's, she influences a lot of this stuff, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> he deals with that stuff at home all day long. <laughs> This shot is the last shot in Morocco. That's the last shot. You're That's right. running. I remember you guys were running, and you, the light was coming up, and they literally got that shot in on the last minute. You're right. You're right. It was yeah. And this is, this is where you leave me, leave me. Leave me. Leave me. This is one of the best jokes in the whole movie. Those sets were amazing, those mazes. I mean, I actually got lost just walking around. They were great. (laughs) Who's there? I've heard this from a couple people of you, Arnold. If the mummy has stolen his eyesight, why doesn't the mummy have bad eyesight? You know that originally, (laughs) that was the idea. In the original script, the idea was that the mummy had bad eyesight, and that's, that's why when he looks at Rachel, when he looks at Evelyn, he thinks it's an axe on a moon. Really? That was the original idea, but I suppose it was so... It was a bit too difficult to to, um, work out. Yeah, it was too obscure. That's even more far-fetched, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This was always, still is for me, was a, um, not a disappointment, but I I, I remember when the first time when I saw the finished, finished mummy, meaning the first computer graphic mummy, the first time we see Emotep. Um, I always thought that it would be more lifelike, for want of another word, and 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 less. What's the word? Cartoonish. Now we've just finished the sequel, um, Mummy Two, and the the difference in terms of the technology is like day and night. I mean, the Mummy is like way better than you know, anything that you can could have imagined. It's absolutely fantastic. It's so hard to tell that it's not me. You know, there's such a kind of synergy of like the animation and, and then and, and then the stuff that I did that it's I mean it's fantastic. It's really gonna change 
how we make movies in a way. I mean, you could play characters that aren't human, you know, that is kind of a combination of both. Um, but I remember the first time I saw this, I thought, oh man, the mummy's just, it's, it's not, you know, it's just too sort of cartoonish, like that there. It's just, to me, always looked mm. too kind of cartoonish, you know, and I was a little disappointed in that. But it's what the technology was, and they did, you know, as well as they possibly could. Obviously, in my imagination, I'd imagine it to be more. But the new guy in Mummy 2 is, is like beyond belief, really unbelievable. I remember uh, visiting the set that day and you were in these very short pair of jeans and walking yeah. around. <laughs> Which underneath I had a speedo on, so the, so the, so the short pair of jeans were, was like a robe for me. Yeah. You know, believe me. Just to please ILM, you still had to have the speedo yeah, on. Yeah, so it's our, Steve, it's our Arnold, we need you now to come do the scenes of, as the mummy. And I'd step up and pull off my short pair of jeans. John Burton's brilliant, I think. Yeah. So all the stuff I would do, and I'm sure it's on the making of the movie as well, but all the stuff I would walk through and those all my hand movements and everything, which just right before we'd shoot the actual scene, before we shot Brennan and Rachel reacting, I'd walk through it for them and then of course I'd leave and and they'd shoot it without me there. Those are your movements. Yeah, those are my movements, but these poor That's actors incredible. all had to, like there, I mean, Brennan was shooting at nothing on the day that we actually did it, and there's a couple of scenes coming up with Kevin as well, and, which is really tough to do for you guys because you had to react to nothing. This scene here, I remember, was uh, on the last day we shot this. Uh, and uh, that was literally the scene before the one we mentioned earlier when you guys were running. And uh, it was very difficult technically. Um, because in a minute I'm going to walk past Brendan. I remember I had to hit my mark, turn around, and I wasn't even to look at Brendan, I was to look uh, at this pole that they put an X on. And I talked to him, and then the camera was coming for uh, a very strong close-up. So I had to had to hit my mark on the turn, right here. They're coming in for a close-up. And at this moment, I'm not actually looking at him. I'm looking at a pole. Looking at a piece of gaffer tape. Something. Yeah. That's where you know. The, yeah, because had you looked at him, it would have been more profile. They wouldn't have seen yeah, your eyes. Yeah, exactly. So this is where the technical side of filming. This went. this is the scene that I really felt for Kevin because I you know I did all this stuff for him as the mummy and then of course I'd walk out and he had all this dialogue and he had to say it at a certain height because we weren't sure how tall the mummy was going to oh, be. Oh, that's and right. Remember, it was a horrible all that but, stuff. But it was a luxury in a sense that at least I could have you in there as opposed to a sandstorm. We right. were never going to <laughs> right. have any, right. right? You know, any idea of right. how big or how. I don't know what you guys did, but this scene works so well. So well. Oh, it's good. You know, it's, it's, it's Kevin's genius here because he was literally, you know, there's a camera with like a, a crew of, you know, dirty cameramen standing next to it and he's doing his thing, you know. It's a tough gig. Like right there, when we were doing it, there was nothing there. It was just Kevin reacting to nothing. This is a great scene. I love this scene. Always got a big laugh, huh? Yeah, this is fun to work on. Steve really sort of let me 
go. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he was just frightened to be around me during that. Five hemp's. Now that's your voice, right, Arnold? Yeah, that's my voice that they, um, you know, put through thousand synthesizers or something. You do very good Hebrew, I must say. Now, did you do all your dialogue, things like that, when the CGI mummy is there? Did you do that all in post? Yes, yes. Did all that stuff in post-production, yeah. All that stuff was done. Sometimes we'd improve things or add things or... I've always loved the shot of the sky. I don't know. Something real about it, but something not real. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think it's some of those filters that Adrian Biddle used as well, like where you guys, some of the earlier shots where you guys were just before the camel race. It's that yellow, you know, exactly. orange sky, and it's so kind of fake, but it's perfect at the same time. What we? We didn't read that book. I told you not to play around. Like a 50s, you know, cinemascope movie. That's great. Steve has a feel for those movies, too, like I do. Really. No mortal weapons can kill this guy. Oh, well, then we are just going to have to find some immortal ones. There goes that we again. Look, listen to me. We have to do something. <laughs> Once this creature has been reborn, his curse is going to spread until the whole of the Earth is destroyed. Yeah? And is that my problem? Well, it is everybody's problem. Evelyn, I appreciate you saving my life and all, but when I signed on, I agreed to take you out there and to bring you back, and I have done that. End of job, end of story, contract terminated. That's all I am to you, Contract. Look, you can either tag along with me or you can stay here. Brennan's one of those actors that does each take in a different way, you know. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true, yeah. It's always interesting to watch. Yeah. Always trying something new. Eh? That was so beautiful. This uh, bar, <laughs> or whatever it is, actually exists. Uh, in Marrakesh, yeah, and they, I mean they added the set, obviously, and they had uh, you know uh, all the costumes and everything. But it does this place does exist, and it's really beautiful with a little fountain in the middle and everything. There's Bernard Fox. Steve told me that um, one of the reasons he wanted Bernard Fox was because Steve was a huge uh, Hogan's hero fan. You guys, uh, hmm. and he played um, Colonel Crittenden, I think is his name. And it's, this is funny because this character is like the, uh, you know, that character 20, 30 years later, right. which is very funny. The night we had the premiere in Hollywood um, for, for, for this film, the film broke during the scene. I was in that theater. Remember, we were sitting in the audience and the film broke and it started again and broke again, started again and broke like three times. I felt so And bad. I remember thinking, sitting there thinking, this movie's doomed. It's the curse of the mummy. Mm. Our careers are doomed. The movie's, it's, everything is, it's going to be, it's a disaster. Okay, this is where Steve, <laughs> I begged Steve to, that, to, to let me show this awful haircut that I got. <laughs> Steve and Bob in their twisted minds think that I was proud, or, or this haircut made me look sexy. <laughs> And on the other DVD, uh, you know, on their commentary, I heard them say, oh, Kevin likes this here. It's not that I liked it. I thought, if I got this... Right, you want to show it. I want to show it that I went through this haircut. I had to walk around in public like this. You had to walk around London. Exactly. 
<laughs> just want to set that straight. Good luck, boys. Was that always in there, Arnold, that you were going to take off the mask? Yes. That yes. was? Yes, okay. that was always there, yeah. That was always there. Blood. And the rivers and waters of Egypt ran red and were as blood. He's here. Little Ten Commandments reference there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Evelyn! Oh, so you're still here. Uh, <laughs> we've got problems. Oh, I remember this being a hectic scene to shoot with these fireballs coming down. Where did you shoot that? That was in Shepparton, wasn't it? No. This was in, um... Marrakesh. Yes. That was in Marrakesh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> very subtle take I do there. But those stuntmen, I remember, fearing for their lives. Oh, the guys were burning up. Burning up, and mm -hmm. it just seems so crazy. Yeah, it's like an insane thing. You're gonna burn a man, you know? See, I like this guy. I like the, the second mummy, as opposed to the first one. When he's filling out a bit more. Yeah, this I liked. I thought it looked more realistic, for want of another word. And, and if John Burton, anyone's listening to this, you're great. <laughs> it's just a personal preference. I liked this guy. I thought it was less cartoonish. And it starts blurring that thing of like what's real and what's not real, you know? See what I mean? Sure. It's sort of creepy because you just you're just not sure. And of course, like I said in Mummy 2, this technology is way better. Way, way better. We are in very serious trouble. He does seem to like me. Yeah, what's that about? What's this guy want in here? There's only one person I know that can possibly give us any answers. I had great difficulty with the scene. Why? John Hanna with this little peewee gun. <laughs> oh, you couldn't stop laughing? I couldn't. <laughs> it was so difficult, that, that face, to hold that face straight, you know. Look at him. And he's aiming, like, at the back of Brennan's head. Yeah. <laughs> 3,000 years, we have guarded the city of the dead. I've sworn at manhood to do any and all in our part. We shot this at the beautiful mansion uh, in uh, Mentmore, I think it was, in, in England. the killing of innocent people. Yes, which I think is their house in the sequel, isn't it? Yeah, Brennan and, and we Rachel. used it again in the sequel, that's right. In the right, sequel, we house. used the same... Gosh, you know, I thought you'd shot this in Morocco. I don't know why. This actual scene? Yeah. No. Because the outside of that building was in Morocco. Yes. Because yeah. it's where John does his zombie. Thing. Yes, that was, that was in Marrakesh, yeah. But this lo location was redressed and, and used as as um, Rachel and, and Brennan's house in the sequel. In reality, what is it? It's a place called, is it Mentmore? It's, um, I, think, I think it was an old... An estate? I don't know, yeah, it's a very old estate. I don't know how old, but it's a, this huge house with old estate, which I think then George Harrison or somebody bought. I think there's some story about that. And then it got sold to someone else and changed the hands. They do a lot of movies there, though. 
Speaking of George Harrison, I have a friend who's seen this movie, and he, he always comments that you look like a young George Harrison <laughs> at times. Yeah, I've heard that before, yeah. And he stretched forth his hand towards the heavens, and there was darkness throughout the land of Egypt. We must stop him from regenerating. Who opened that chest? Well, there's me and Daniels here. Oh, and Burns, of course. And that Egyptologist fella. What about my buddy Benny? No, he scrammed out of there before we opened it. Yes, what about yeah, Benny? Yeah, he was a smart one. Oh, yeah, that sounds like Benny. We must find the Egyptologist and bring him back to the safety of the fort before the creature can get to him. Right. What was Benny's last name? Do we know? Summers. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Benny Summers. Most people don't know that was an old college thing. I don't want to. Steve doesn't want me to talk about it. No. No, I have no idea. Because I remember when we were talking one day and you were saying, you think he's Hungarian, but you're not sure. Yeah, I. I you know, paying homage to every right. evil white man that wore a fez in those 40s movies, you know. Oh, well, I thought I could just stay at the fort and uh, reconnoiter. I love that. Reconnoiter. <laughs> That's a great shot. This was Marrakesh as well. These were the actual alleys which we just dressed. Yeah. Those, I mean, that's really the, what it looks like. And I mean, it looks we like just put the odd, yeah, we just put the odd, you know, steam in or dry ice or whatever it is that they use to get that steam effect. Now that's you. That was me. That with was me with makeup. Contacts and also. Yeah, with contacts and, and actual. Um, Tell us about this scene. This is. Uh, <laughs> This was quite a painful scene for you. I'll yes. tell you about this scene, yeah. It was. <laughs> poor, poor Kevin being manhandled by 240-pound Brendan. That's what this scene was about. And, you know, Brendan is... You had bruises for, like, oh. two weeks, I, I remember. I actually had to put ice on one of my nipples. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but Brendan is so strong. He's I mean, so he, he's always worried about me. Are you all right? Are you all right? But he's just so naturally so strong. Yeah. And that shirt is like a tissue. Yeah. It would just rip constantly. Yeah. And no matter what they put on my back, I'm still being lifted and thrown through the air. <laughs> and they love that piece of paper that stuck on top of my head. Steve actually came up with this, I think, in the last... You know, while we were doing the scene, to, oh, to really? use that fan. Let's let's use it as a last. Sort of last torture, torture. device. Yeah, that's good. It works great. I mean, Steve's good that way. He likes to. Uh, if he sees something and likes it and thinks, why not? Let's mm -hmm. Try it at least. Here's that jumping through the window. Stunt guy that's jumping. That's the stunt guy, right? Yes. Boom. And there I am. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that, that was the first thing I shot. Oh, it was? So I was very nervous, that poor stuntman. You know what, you're right. I think this was for me, too. This is the very first... Uh, we did it that day. That's the first day I worked with you, yeah. And the yeah. first time we were both on camera. First day I was on camera when I turned around you. And this was makeup. This was not... Uh, well, it's a combination. The thing in my cheek, the hole in my cheek, and the thing in my neck is... Um, is uh, ILM. Poor Arnold had to wear these blue patches for ILM that would stick to his face and the other parts of the body that were, uh, you know, these holes so that they could... It's very uncomfortable for you. Yeah, it? yeah, it was, it was uncomfortable, but after a while you sort of forget it's there and you guys had to look at it, which is 
you know, another story. This scene was very tough as well to get right simply because it had to do with, um, it's, a, it's a, a camera movement called motion captures when the camera is moved not by a human but by a computer. And it's incredibly difficult if you're like a, uh, an inch off your mark that you have to hit, then you're out of focus or, you know, the shot just doesn't work. So we did this, I don't know, literally for like a day and then it didn't work and then we came back and did it again for one or two days and, and um, it's the scene coming up where <clears throat> after, I, after I sort of inhale him and I regenerate um, and I've still got one or two holes and the bug comes out of my, my, is it my neck? Yes, it comes out of my neck and then goes into the hole in my mouth and then I chew on the bug. That was all a, um, called a motion capture shot. Here it comes now. So you just see the shadow on the wall and there I regenerate. I had to hit that mark so exactly because if I was off, they couldn't do the shot. And there's not a and camera see, Yeah, there's no camera operator, so a human can't compensate for my mistake, which I normally look. happens if you, if you do a scene and you're a couple of inches too short or, or too far in. The guy that moves the, the dolly or the camera, he can adjust for you, but of course the computer can't. They just hit the mark, so it just took forever. That little thing with that bug was literally two or three days work. I love the way you chew that bug though. I think it's, it's so one soft. of the it's perfect. It's it's one of the best mummy moments in this yes, movie absolutely. for me. Well, I'm glad because it took three damn days. Yeah. <laughs> but those little things, you know, seem to yeah. Oh no, it makes it makes it worthwhile. This is great where I kiss her here. I've always liked this. Always liked the sort of the romance of, of the monster. And once again, I'll shamelessly plug the sequel, but there's a, there's a kissing scene between Patricia Velasquez and I where we kind of turn this around, where I'm completely rotted, and when I kiss her, I regenerate into skin and back and forth a couple of times. And it's, you know, if, if we don't win the MTV Kiss of the Year award, then the judges don't know what the hell they're doing. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. Once again, I, I like right. that stuff when, when it's half me and half computer graphic. I just think it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. It's much more effective and interesting. So in the sequel, it is, what, eight, nine years later? Yes. Yes, eight, nine years later, and, and um, my reincarnated love digs me up and brings me to London, wakes me up, and all hell breaks loose in London in the 30s. See, once again, I, I love the stuff where Rachel just drives the whole story. You know, she's the smart one and the one that knows what to do. And I really like that. This shot was very funny because we it literally we had 500 extras, and uh, who all, all had they to be had made to, up? But they all, yeah, most of them were. I think the front ones, or maybe all of them, were made up. I'm not Pretty sure. Pretty much all of them, because yeah. they weren't sure whether they were going to move the camera. Or right. I remember them putting boils on these people from like lunchtime. Huge, huge crowd. And all they had to do, they had to walk in as though they're all zombies and say emotep, emotep. And I remember we're shooting this scene. They're coming forward. And uh, all of a sudden, Steve goes, wait, wait, cut, cut, cut. And he's like looking at the, at, the, at the camera and he goes, play this back. And this one guy at the front row 
<laughs> who was just, you know, he's just walking around, he's looking at his watch, he's looking up, he's looking down, you know. And it's amazing how that one guy is the one you would look at, you know. And Steve was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Put him in so the back funny. row. <laughs> yeah, the extras in Morocco was not Steve Summers' favorite thing. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think Morocco was uh, a perfect place to film. They do, I think they do cooperate really well. I just think that some, many times it's a language barrier and also, also it's a very difficult job being an extra like that. You work many, many hours, don't you? Well, yeah, and also you just don't understand the language of film, yeah. you know, the guy looks into the camera or whatever. I mean, that happens all the time, yeah. you know. And also there's a language, you know, it's the language barrier. It's this. Uh, John Hanna, I remember, sorry, I did. I remember John Hanna was so worried. He came back to the hotel the next day and he was like, oh my God, you know, Steve had me do this thing and... I turn around, I, I, you know, I walk with the guys, and I just, it's not going to work. I'm going to look like an idiot. I mean, he was really yeah, worried about it. Yeah, I remember that. That's what, what was, was cool about, about it is that he went for it. You know, ultimately, yeah. he went for it, and he said to Steve, look, I'm not sure about this, because obviously he doesn't have a lot of experience with this kind of comedy, and, and he really had to defer to Steve, and I'm so pleased he did, because it was one of the great moments in the movie yeah, where it I got remember reading fantastic the fantastic laugh. I remember reading the script and thinking, this is actually one of the funniest. Oh, wow. I, I, wow. Yeah, he was very worried, but to his credit, man, he, you know, because a lot of actors would have said, I'm not doing it, you know. And I always used to quote this. You're going to get yours, Benny. Oh, yeah. Like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> Just I love that. Two 10-year-olds <laughs> fighting over their basketball. I used to love that. You guys shot this forever, didn't you? I mean, yeah. this was second unit for, second like, unit weeks. For a long, long time, and we shot this. This uh, shot coming up now, this shot, is my first day of shooting, and I think you can see how nervous I am in this shot. I just, I, I, I just felt like, this is awful, I don't, I can't do this, this is too difficult. But um, <laughs> it worked out fine, it looks really great. I remember, I just remember, whenever I saw you, you were like, are we doing second unit, you know, driving in the alley. Yeah. It was like four or five days of this stuff, yeah. stunts and... And I tell you, a lot of it, John Hanna did a lot of the driving, which uh, was scary. <laughs> was scary, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if he offers, offers you a lift, I wouldn't, you know, necessarily take it. <laughs> that was a great stunt. And these are all the real streets of Mar uh, America, right? Yeah. And they our food. And our food. You did second. Oh, yeah, we did an oh, air food as well. Yeah. Food. I swear they literally did this for weeks, man, that little scene. Oh, this is a beautiful scene between uh, Corey Johnson and yourself. I love this scene. Yeah, this is the second thing I ever did in, in uh, Morocco. He was really good in the scene. Corey really sold the scene, you know, yeah. because, I mean, all I do is just show up, but he really shows the fear, you know. And it's but, but you did something to scare him even further, didn't you? Yeah, I went to him, I went to him, um, um, you know, just before we did each take, and I said, if you want me to, you know, give you something, just yell at you or whatever, you know. So right, right, right when Steve was about to yell action, he kind of signaled me, and I'd say a few choice words to Corey, <laughs> you know. That was and great, Kevin's reaction to the whole thing. It's so smart that you don't actually see what happens to him. You just cut to Kevin reacting to it, which is 
always better, you know, because one's imagination just goes. Mm -hmm. This scene I remember we shot was like, it was one or two nights actually that we shot this in Marrakesh and uh, um, um, Morocco being an Islamic country, of course the, there's prayers, I'm not sure. Oh if it's every two hours or seven times a day, Something I think. Something like know, that, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just ignorant about most of these religions. And uh, so I'm not sure exactly, but we were right next to a church there. So we'd be in the middle of the scene and, and then the mullah, the priest would, you know, start praying. Through I, these speakers. Through these loudspeakers. These loudspeakers throughout the street. Yeah, and then we'd, you know, we'd cut and... and, uh, and uh, the idea is that the ma'azin is calling people for prayer. So yes, starts yeah, the prayer. starts the prayer and, yeah. and people stop what they're doing, basically. Everything comes to a standstill. But of course, this was, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning every day or whenever, whatever time it was. But uh, this was over, over two nights we shot in the square. That was so funny when we shot this. Brendan, uh, Steve was saying, okay, uh, you grab Brendan's arm and you pull it down. Um, uh, I'm trying to pull it down, but Brendan's so strong. I can't, I can't pull his arm down. So we just left it. It looked great. And then... Uh, I'll be seeing you again. <laughs> this is such a beautiful shot. That's this, a when you walk shot. away with her. And then uh, here he says, yeah, pull him back, hold him back. And I'm like, you must be joking. He's a brute. He was so, he's great. so strong. This is great. I remember they would always open up the extras for Arnold, but for me, they would never. <laughs> I, I was crawling under people's legs. And, uh, <laughs> what about my sister? We're going to get her back. Oh, I remember that hole. What are you jumping into? It's just they dug up a hole in the ground, filled it up with the uh, cardboard boxes and mattresses, and we jump in there and then wait until uh, they'd finish the, 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 the take, and then they'd pull us back out of it. So it wasn't a, a real sewer or something. Yeah. Hmm. Now, you explain to me, how did we get back to the car? And all of a sudden we're driving and we're in the desert. I mean, how, where did we go? You you ran down that sewer and got to the car. This was one of the most beautiful days. We woke up uh, and we went to the dunes uh, literally at dawn, and it was so beautiful. I cannot even begin to tell you. The 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 whole thing just looked so great, and uh, Bernard just sitting there with his chair and. You know his cup of tea, and it was. It Steve was loved that, showing him out of just yeah, out of yeah. nowhere, sitting in the middle with the umbrella. It's just beautiful. Waiting to serve. Yeah, there's something about the desert, you know. In the old Victrola. That's so lovely. I don't think it's any accident that some of the most major religions of the world have come out of the desert. You know. Mm-hmm. I think in jungles or in mountains, there's always something that vies for your attention. You know, you're always looking at parrots or color or something. But in the desert, you kind of tend to look in. It's really overwhelming. I had never been to a place anything like like this. Right. To see someone walk through the desert, one of the people of that land, just by themselves. Yeah. It's every now and then we'd come across a guy just walking. Yeah. Yeah. This scene, by the way, we shot. Um, what they did was they shot all the plane stuff beforehand. They put two um, 
dummies on, on the wings and so on. And then uh, what they did was they put the plane on an actual huge big blue box with a blue screen in front of it. So we did everything. For the close-ups. Yeah, for all the, yeah. And uh, they had a, this crane in front of us. And what they would do is they would blow, you know, um, uh, wind machines in our faces. And you and guys just screaming. And we were screaming oh, all day. Uh, John, John and myself, at the end of the day, we just could not speak. Couldn't for, speak. We were, we were screaming so, so much. Oh, my God. Beautiful. This is the first time uh, in, in Morocco that I appeared in this costume and uh, we hadn't seen it before because they were still making it and, and when we started shooting this, or rather when I arrived on set, Steve took one look at me and, and freaked out because the little, I don't know what you call it, the loincloth, because they were blowing my robes up like that and the loincloth was not very big, so you had them go I back. I remember, remember that. <laughs> remember, it was just like you could, you know, see so the didn't crack they have, of dawn. You didn't know? they have to come <laughs> and add more material? They came and added more material, yeah, because you could, you know, it was uh, not a PG shot of my backside. So this, they, this is so brilliant. This, shot. this is great. This is so brilliant. The pilots did an incredible job. Mm -hmm. I mean. This was all second unit, I assume, you know. Yeah. I assume this was all second Straight at camera. Wow. Beautiful. And then ILM with that incredible face. Arnold, as you remember, this was truly one of those times. You have no idea what, what you're going no. to be seeing when you no. see the film. No idea. I remember just standing there, there were, you know, obviously two different cameras. One is from the waist up, one's close on my face. And at first when Steve yelled action, you know, I'd do a few things and, and uh, like in the background there, I got my hands up. I just didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know what, the, what it was gonna look like. Like Kellen said, you have no idea. So eventually I said to him, which we did a lot of in the second movie, I just said to him, you know what? You know what's gonna happen here better than anyone else. Um, so just talk me through it. So I would just stand there and he'd say, all right, you know, now you slowly open your mouth and now yell and now enjoy it. Yes, laugh at the guys, ha ha. And he'd kind of act the whole thing out for me, which I love. I love when Steve does that, you know. Mm. So I kind of just follow the lead because you just, you know, you, you have no idea what the island guys are going to do. It says a wall of sand, you know, but, you know, you don't know what that's going to look like. Now comes one of the best lines in the movie. Right here. I love the whole sand wall trick. It was beautiful. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I always love that I'm, you know, kissing Imhotep's ass. Right. The little weasel I am, but he probably doesn't understand a word I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we had a bad sandstorm, I think, this day. Excuse yes, me. the end of that day. Remember, we all had to run back and within we actually saw it coming you could see it coming 20 or 30 miles it's like the movie you yeah. know you just see a black cloud and you think who cares it's nothing and then in 15 20 minutes it Boom. would throw lights around like they were you know yeah i remember that day. it was amazing you're right it was crystal clear and just in the distance you could see it coming and all the local moroccan guys started running <laughs> and we were like what's up with these guys Bad you know sign. and 15 minutes later you couldn't see 20 <laughs> yards i mean it was just sand everywhere this set was, by the way, uh, really incredible because it was this... Uh, was it hydraulics? What was yeah, it? it was. Th what they did was they, they made this hill. What they did was it was uh, th this plane was hydraulics. It could go back up and down into this 
hill of sand, which mm. they, they built around this machine. Wow. It's quite fantastic. And obviously afterwards, uh, when, uh, when we were looping the movie afterwards, we had to add in the quicksand, get out of here, quicksand, because people right. didn't understand. They thought it had something to do with you, you right. know, oh, not, I see. with the mummy, and not oh, just... Oh, uh, something sucking it in or something, yeah. yeah. And there we go, I get to carry that little weight around now. This is the set to end all sets. Oh, I mean, this, this set was spectacular with this moat, remember, with all those skeletons mm. in it. And I truly felt like I was in a, an old movie, yeah. you know, this big, great yeah. set, you know, this gothic. Always get their comeuppance. <laughs> I love this reaction. They do. Having a Castell meet Frankenstein, huh? <laughs> Kevin, I'm your, I'm, your, I'm your biggest fan, man. <laughs> Every move. Steve is a... We've talked about actually having a custom meet Frankenstein, which he's a big fan of, and so am I, which uh, <laughs> we could reference once in a while. Yes, well, you've got the idea. Chop, chop. Such a great movie. When we shot this scene, this was really funny. Um, John was just so hilarious because knowing that he's going to have his shirt uh, torn off, he decided the night before he is going to work out for the first time. So he goes, he goes to the gym for one night, and he comes in the next day and goes like, sore. "Well, can you see the difference? Can you see the yeah. difference? You know." He was all sore. I remember that. Yeah, he was all panicked about his shirt being ripped off. <laughs> well, it paid off. Let me tell you, Steve Reeves. <laughs> This is a great shot, isn't that yeah. wonderful? Ooh. Connor. This scene was sort of difficult, remember, because of the... The camera movement, yeah. And the mummies coming out. And the mummies coming out. Once again, we were reacting to... Steve would say, all right, now the mummies are coming out, like you'd be talking over this. The mummies are coming out. You guys are looking as they're breaking out of the walls and they're forming and they're these creepy guys and they sort of deformed and they're walking towards you. <laughs> you know, we'd look at all this stuff and try and imagine it, you know. Arnold, it's your guys, you know them all from before, you loving it. You know, he, he would just, he, you know, he just knows this stuff, you know, and we were in such good hands. I mean, I keep saying it and, and once again, it's with all respect to Brennan, but Steve Summers really is the star of this movie, man. He just knows the stuff and loves the stuff, and, and uh, he was kind of our fearless leader. Him and old Bob, mm. two of them are into this stuff. This set, again, is a fantastic set, uh, which, in actual size, it, it is much smaller than it appears. What they did was really? they, yeah, Right now, you it's see how cool. huge it is. It's not as big as that. Oh, of course, they see it. Basically, yeah. to the pillar, pillars that are uh, right in front of us, but they, they added it on. It was so impressive, though, to see those, to walk into a soundstage and see these mounds of gold. And gold. I know. And it's all plastic. I, and half uh, buried sphinxes or cats. Yeah. And... What a great job we have. It's oh. great to do this. Imagine thing. being, you know, 12 years old running on that set. Yeah. Can you see? Yeah. Can you believe? Yeah. Can we just... No. Now, there's a little bit of a... What they did was the scene was actually a little bit longer than what it is now. And uh, they cut it 
because I suppose there was just too much mummy fighting and shooting mummies. So uh, if you look, uh, right, at the moment I'm on the left-hand side, and now all of a sudden I'm on the right-hand mm -hmm. side. Uh, they they uh, cut it shorter. But man, it was so difficult shooting this. The gun kept jamming. I this is an, an actual old gun, and we gun, and we had like uh, guests coming in that day uh, because it was a big scene, and uh, it kept jamming and jamming and jamming. It was very very frustrating. Was that the day with all the press? Or something? Yeah. yeah, that's right. It was all the press junket yeah. stuff. Eh? And some of those guys, they obviously were CG, but but um, a lot of those guys, they were in rubber suits, weren't they? Yeah. A lot of those mummy guys were like mime artists. Mime they, artists and dancers. And, and dancers that they put amputees and stuff. And they, they were amazing. And they were great. I remember shooting that. That was so much fun, just running backwards and shooting and shooting and shooting. I can't believe Rachel let them put that rat on her. I know. Look at this. Now, they pulled my hair back to one side and went and put uh, the side of a matchbox. They stuck it to my cheek. That's right. I did. They light that. Yeah. yeah, they did. And uh, that was quite fun. <laughs> I never knew that. Did they really yeah. put a matchbox on yeah, the side? Yeah, 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 they did, yeah. Had to move my hair aside and clip it back so it doesn't catch on fire. Now, the camera wouldn't move because he saw there was a little bit of a cliff, a little bit of a, a drop there. So. <laughs> yeah, once again, these are these are mime artists that, I mean, this is not computer generated. Those are real people in, I guess, mummy suits. There's the hand thing that I did over a face again, which no one noticed. Yeah. But um, Rachel was on that damn table for like a week, remember? <laughs> Towards the end of it, she was losing her mind. Yeah. She was cuffed to that table for a week. Steve Summers is a cruel man. Here they come. This is in the original script. This is where my character is supposedly sacrificing himself and kills himself. Oh, really? Yeah, this is when... Uh, At that point, you that, were This is to when that. I so supposedly disappear uh, the same way the curator did earlier with all the mummies around me and, uh, uh, and die. And then uh, when we were shooting in Morocco, uh, Steve decided that Arthur Bay, uh, you know, is a nice character and why, why should he die, you know? So he wrote in this uh, the scene at the end. Yes, and, where you uh, say goodbye to them. Yeah, yeah to, and uh, to lift the whole tone. It seemed a bit strange, but it seemed to have worked really well. Yeah, you were you were supposed to sacrifice yourself here, right? Yeah. But they never actually filmed you dying. dying. They were amazing, those they were mime great. artists or they dancers. Were great. And that's the specific case that those uh, those are actually stun guys in those suits. In that case, uh, yeah. To yeah. fight with you that helped you. Yeah. Then. They were wonderful to work with. That book truly weighs, I think, 50 pounds. And I stood with that book for a week like that because I had to lift it at a certain height for the camera to see it. And I didn't have to go to gym that week because it was all the workout <laughs> I needed, just, just holding that damn thing. It was so heavy. And once again here, you know, Steve's just talking through all this stuff, saying, saying to Rachel, you're looking at a, 
a spirit coming towards you and now it's hovering above you and now it goes over to her and it goes inside her and now she wakes up and you react. And so this girl was, uh, that's a real person as well inside there. This is, she was one of the makeup people, really? special effects makeup people, yeah, that they used. Because she was so tiny, she was so tiny. Shut up and get me off here, Jonathan! Open the book, Jonathan. It's the only way to kill him. You have to open the book and find the inscription. Well, I, I can't open it. It's this set was really huge. It was, and it was beautiful. There was so much, there was just uh, such unbelievable detail, you know. And those stairs. How about yeah, those right, right onto the left and right of me now. Brendan jumps over those moats later. There's all these corpses and rats and which you can't really see. Now this whole thing that he's doing right now, there, were n there was nothing there. There were no mummies, nothing. He is fighting in complete, complete air. And I remember seeing this shot uh, without, without without them and it looks really strange because he's fighting absolutely nothing and uh yeah it looked like he was doing some weird martha graham experimental dance thing <laughs> yes it looked really stupid but look at that it just <laughs> came out great he rehearsed it with all the stunt guys for he's, days he's such a great physical actor brennan yes oh, he, really he really is that was obviously a real guy then they cut to a cg guy This is excellent. This is excellent. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that um, thing that uh, John Hannah's got on his arm, that band, he actually hurt his arm, didn't he? When we were filming, he hurt his arm jumping the off the car or something, the or in the set he, or something. He fell off, uh, jumped out of the car and fell down. Yeah. Broke his wrist. Yeah, that's right. This just keeps getting better and better. Uh, do something, Jonathan. Me! You can command them. I was teasing him because I knew that there's a scene where I manhandle him at one point. And for like three or four days before we shot the scene, I'd left him these messages on his machine at home and at work I'd write him little notes like two days left, you know. <laughs> like I was really gonna like crush him, you know, like really like have Steve like choreograph something or have the stunt guys choreograph it turned out to be such an anti-climax we just had him uh, come up and uh, talk you through it but he literally just stepped back onto an apple box and i was the one that came up. see there's that moat with all the skeletons mm. and the rats and we don't even see it and it's so brilliantly done all that stuff but it's kind of a you know i've, I've done so many like trashy b movies in my life and there's, there's no money for a lot of these effects and um, I've used it several times where you literally step back onto like an apple box or something. The guy grabs you by the throat or the chest and then you step, you've got one foot on the box and you kind of just lift yourself. Yes. It looks like the person's, you know, humongously strong. And we used it for this. 
And I remember being so proud because everybody was sort of stumped as to like, how can we lift him? Let's put a cable on him. And I said, no, no, just put him on an apple box and I'll lift him. You know, it's like my B movie experience paid <laughs> off. <you know? laughs> Finally, it like came through, you know, and it works. Oh, it worked perfect. Yeah, it really did. It worked great. It worked really well. This is wonderful. That's <laughs> so great. Brendan does such a great job with that mm. stuff. It's <laughs> He's almost like methodical with it and slow, you know, he doesn't rush through it. It's really cool. And he always looks like he loves it. You know, there's yeah. that sense of him truly enjoying himself. I mean I'm I love this. Oh, when they stop right in front yeah. of his nose. And at yeah. the last second. The last second of the last second. That's great. Good one. I actually like these soldier mummies. They're, oh. they're wonderful. Wonderful. You know, kids always bring up these soldier mummies. They love them. They do, really. Is this way you grab him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch now. He's going to put his foot on a box behind him. What do we call an apple box? It's sort of this. I don't know, they come in different sizes, but... Like a small crate. Like a small crate, yeah, a little square, little crate. There, he's got his foot on the crate now. I grab him, and he pushes himself <laughs> up. <laughs> and it looks like, you know, he's this strong guy. This, of course, was a computer generated, but putting the arm back on, Steve said to me, just turn profile to the camera. You'll see me now in the background. He says, turn profile to the camera and screw your arm on, and it works Perfectly. I mean, it just works so well. Keep him busy. Now, are we going to see a cable here when he picks him up? When you pick Brendan up? Um, you have seen this movie so many times. No, it's just that Steve <laughs> mentioned it to me, so I was look. I looked out for it. He was obviously he was on a cable, but um, but I I don't recall. There, there you, you can see There's it. A yeah, there's a cable. There's a cable. Never noticed. If I have a dollar for every time a little kid came up to me and asked me if I could really open my mouth like that, I would be a rich man. Once again, this is one of those things where Steve says, look, just, uh, you know, this thing comes down and steals your soul and, you know, just react to it. That's a very, very small costume. Let me tell you something, it's one thing when you're 19 years old to be in that thing, but when you're 40, it's a whole <laughs> different world. It's a whole different world. You handle this stuff perfectly, Arnold. This is great death scene. It was a tricky one because it's now not I'm easy. No. Yeah, now I'm mortal, and once again, it's the same thing. The bub the water's bubbling around you, and and you don't have a lot of time. No. To, to have your character exit. Right. Right. 
but you pull it off beautifully. That was what the script subtitle was, incidentally. It was The Mummy, and then it said, underneath it, it said, Death is only the beginning. Do you guys remember when I we remember. Got, originally got the script? And that's the... Indicating what? That there's a chance for a sequel? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Meaning, you know, I don't know. You're so cynical. <laughs> I don't know. This is fantastic. This is great. Was that thing really heavy that they loaded up for you? No, it wasn't that heavy, but Steve and I would talk about how heavy it was. The first take I did, it was like I could barely move. It's, and Steve says, it's not that heavy. Okay, it's heavy, but it's not. It's not that heavy. Well, how heavy? All right, let's try again. When people ask me if there's going to be a sequel, I say, did you see the first one? Yes. Did you see how he drops the book in the bog? Yes. Ah. Okay. There's your sequel. Someone finds the book and they read from it. How this stuff freaked me out, man. I was there when you shot this. I remember watching. And uh, it just looked like nothing. And when it was all cut together, it was like probably the claustrophobic thing in me. I was like, Jesus, man, this is scary. It's one mm. of those little sets where you have no idea exactly what it will look like right you know, in the big picture and the scheme of things exactly you know? when they but it was it just worked so well you really had a sense of it all closing in these sets were amazing I mean these things actually were moving they moved right uh, yes they were operated by someone and they, it was just I love that that Brendan still tries to help you, you know? yeah that's I love great for that. his I character love that it's really cool Goodbye, Benny. And I think Brendan threw that line in. See you later, Benny, or whatever. Oh, he did? Just for his, for his. And I mean, is, yeah, it's like, oh man, it's gonna crush you. It's this is what scary. Steve and Brendan loved. That I burnt all my arm hair off <laughs> when the flame hit the, the the paint that was on the top of oh, it. Oh, and it came back. It came and burnt, and the nurse had to come. My arm was smoking, sizzling, <laughs> and I saw both of them laugh. And they were laughing. And then they came up to me very concerned. And <laughs> Steve loves to see me in pain. This is wonderful. I mean, there was nothing there for you, nothing, right? I just remember I had the cord for that torch through my clothes, and it was very uncomfortable, so that they could adjust the light on it. That's right, the dim, the dimmer. I always thought that that, that was CG. They actually dimmed it out, too. Wonderful. I remember asking, now, how many scarabs? <laughs> Are there 200, 300? Great, great. It's nice to see this all again. I'm very proud of this movie. It's a wonderful, wonderful film and it was really a great experience. Neither of you were there this day when things no. were falling down. I remember it was pretty hairy. It's, it's first unit shot that? Yeah. Yeah, it was a big... The interesting thing here is that they had everything happening in the background, though the camels didn't really move. So they panned up right. to get away from the camels not moving because it didn't make much sense with all the chaos that's going in the I background. See. The camels are not moving at all. And that's the scene that they added.
Yeah, it's good that he did this to bring yeah, you yeah. back. You know, just lightens the whole tone of the thing. You know, and it's an extra surprise too, which yeah. is nice. As well, there's nothing. May Allah smile upon you always. And this is my little uh, camel experience. You look very comfortable on top of it. You look good. I tell you, I don't know what uh, what you were complaining about. It's so easy. You bastard. <laughs> you had the Lexus of camels. <laughs> well, I guess we go home empty-handed again. I wouldn't say that. This is great because he turned around to the camel and they sh they did a few takes of this and every time it was so perfect. The camel's reaction to uh, John. How about you, darling? Would you like a little kissy whiskey? Oh, it came down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. And I wouldn't suggest for anybody to be that close to a camel's mouth. And then Steve's romantic ending. He is so great at this. Theme. Very cool, very cool. Guys, it was fun making this movie, man, with you. We had a good time. Oh, we had a good time. All right, we're done. Enjoy the movie Mummy 2, May 11th, at a theater near you.